0: Welcome to 10-Minute Tech Home. This is Ryan Weber at the University of Alabama in Huntsville. And today, I'm happy to bring to you an interview with Kristen Cantrell, a technical writer at Southwest Airlines. She'll talk with us about her work writing in the aviation industry and trends that she sees for the field. I hope you enjoy the interview. Welcome to the podcast, Kristen. We're really glad you can join us today and talk about your experiences as a technical writer in the aviation field. To get started, though, can we talk about kind of how you got your start in technical communication?
1: First of all, thank you for uh, asking me to do this. It's it's always good to be able to share some information outside of my normal job duties. My entry into the world of technical publications was quite accidental. I kind of stumbled onto it. I started my career actually in the apparel industry a long time ago. It can be a brutal industry. It turned out to be overwhelming, and by the time I was uh, in my late 20s and early 30s, I was ready to move on to something else. I actually, you know, just kind of threw caution to the wind and uh, took a temp job, and the first place they sent me was where I'm working now, which is Southwest Airlines. And I got my foot in the door eventually in, in and in a permanent position in the department that produced the manuals for aircraft maintenance documents. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I fell into it. And uh, just a little background, I've been in Southwest for 20 years now. Well, wow. Congratulations. And um, thanks. 17 of those years have been in technical communications.
0: So that's great. So I'm sure you've seen a lot, a lot of
1: changes. Yes. Uh, Yes. Technology wise.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, so tell us now that you're well established there, you know, working at Southwest, what is a typical week on the job? Like what kind of tasks do you take on? What kind of documents do you create? That kind of thing.
1: Now, in my uh, technical writing capacity here, I work primarily on policies and procedures. There was a time in my career, uh, like I mentioned before, mm-hmm. that I was working on aircraft maintenance documents, and those tend to be very step one, step two. Right. You know, do first, do this, do that, and there are, there are checklists, there are task cards. I have moved over more into the policies and procedures uh, manuals, kind of the more the soft content that doesn't always require regulatory oversight. Mm-hmm. For example. Our, our company employee guidelines. That okay. is a, doc, a document that I write for the SMEs. Many of the the work groups themselves, like our training department, has its own manual. Or actually, it's, it's about to produce its own manual. And it's not necessarily the, the training manual. It's the policies and procedures for the employees who work in the, in the training department. So that's the kind of thing that I've been working on.
0: So largely an audience of internal, people internal to Southwest then?
1: Yeah, rarely do we have, Then I shouldn't say that. I was going to say rarely do we have a document that goes externally because we do have documents that are viewed by FAA. For the most part, our documents are internal.
0: And, you, you know, you mentioned the FAA. I'm curious about sort of some of the unique aspects of tech writing for the aviation industry. You know, what's different about that than maybe other technology or engineering industries?
1: We do have FAA oversight. Not all of our documents are required to have FAA oversight, the aircraft maintenance documents, most of those have to go through some sort of FAA review. Mm-hmm. A lot of the pilot stuff for our flight ops group, our in-flight group, which is our uh, our flight attendants, they also have their own regulations. Hmm. And most of these work groups will have documents, for example, the flight attendant manual. This particular chapter, this is agreed on by us and the FAA, and this is procedure and it must be done this way and it is regulated. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. no you know, no no getting around it. This chapter over here, these are suggestions on how to carry out drink service or whatever. Sure. So some con some of our content will be regulated for some is not.
0: I imagine given the complexities of getting FAA approval that the content that needs regulation is not edited very often. Is that correct? Kind of once you <sighs> You get it approved. You kind of want to avoid that that process again. Is that oh, right? Oh, we'd
1: love to, but it's not quite like that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we we have a I mean, we truly have established a relationship with our you know with the local FAA In mm-hmm. FAA. It's not you know okay. Let's send uh, send what we wrote off to some guys in Washington and you know hope to hear back. And FAA has offices, especially when they're when they're you know big airlines. In the area. And for us, there's, there's, of course, there's SS Southwest Airlines and Fort Worth area. There's American Airlines.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So there is an FAA office here. Okay. And we have dedicated FAA people who, you know, to our airline. And so we we end up with a relationship with them. We end up, you know, communicating with them sometimes, probably on a daily basis. The manuals I work on nowadays, I rarely have contact with them, but I do know that within our central publications group, we are working with them on a daily basis
0: so they're not sort of you know you often i think you picture sort of these faceless bureaucrats somewhere that are (laughs) you know just signing off on things or you know some kafka-esque bureaucracy but it sounds like you know them very well and you interact with them and that they're sort of part of the the writing process
1: very much so now they are oversight they cannot tell us how to run our our company but Mm we have guidelines and regulations that we have to be aware of. We have a regulatory and compliance uh, department here at Southwest Airlines that focuses specifically on that, becoming experts in that, so that we can write our own documents and and have a good confidence Mm -hmm. that this is going to, you know, go through the FAA. When I do, or the last time I I worked on some documents that uh, required uh, some FAA approval, they may send a letter back saying, we have some questions about this. You know, they never say, oh, you know, tear this up, throw it away. Okay, You know, we have some questions about this, this and this. Can you answer those for us? Or can you make those changes to this mm-hmm. document? And it's a simple process. And I think it's based on a good working relationship with them.
0: That's great. That's great. That's interesting. You know, it's a different kind of team and a different kind of subject matter expert, I think, than a lot of people are used to working with. Um, but I'm glad to hear that the relationship is productive.
1: Yes, yes. We try to make it that way, and I, I, I rarely see any time when it's not.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, moving away from that, sort of what other kinds of skills do you find to be really important in your job? What, and especially as someone who, who came into technical communication from elsewhere, what kinds of skills have you needed to develop and have you found to be the most valuable?
1: You know, you get some, some basic grammar and writing skills. You know, I could go into, and I, and I will uh, list some software programs mm-hmm. and, and things like that that I work with. And have worked with over the years, but I have to say, just brushing up on good on old grammar. You know, good old grade school grammar. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, any of us, you know, as we go on and even, you know, past college, you know, we get those those college papers done and we just kind of pick up the language of our friends and you know and our family and and we'll tend to write like that. But um in writing, even in more softer writing, you know, there are still some just some real basic grammar things, um, some language that I think is that tends to be lost in just sort of the casual writing of you know, 140 characters we've all learned to, mm-hmm. to reduce our thoughts too hmm and there are some podcasts out there actually you can oh, listen great. to. there are there are um, emails I get a daily email from grammar girl
0: oh, nice cool. I like grammar girl as well
1: yeah that's a good one so I get that daily email It always keeps me up to date mm-hmm. helps me remember some things and also encourages me when I realize oh, okay I've been doing it right that's great
0: <laughs> all right a little um, validation um, and you mentioned some software programs as well
1: Adobe FrameMaker. Is, is probably the one that's, that I see that's most used. We do use that a little bit still in our department. But for the most part, we have switched over to Arbortext PTC. Mm-hmm. It is an XML authoring tool. It also has a publishing engine. For the most part, all of our manuals are, if, they're, if they haven't already, they're in the process of being converted.
0: Do you do your authoring in XML or do you use the tools like Arbortext? So in other words, do you have a, a strong XML knowledge or is it mostly sort of the WYSIWYG wig stuff of of Arbor yes Frank-Maker? it's
1: probably a bit more of the WYSIWYG wig of uh-huh. the ArborText, but when we are authoring all of the tags are shown we right. are we don't have a blank XML screen where we're you know we're actually typing out source codes but yeah it would probably be considered a bit more of a, a WYSIWYG, wig mm-hmm. you know put a putting sentences or paragraphs or, or chunked information in between tags and sections mm-hmm. and list list items and-
0: great and then as far as what's coming in the future what kinds of trends do you see in technical communication what do you think will be the most notable trends over the next say three to five years
1: you know you always hear a lot about and you have for, for several years is um, content reuse. we talk about that a lot in within our department as far as you know, having the ability to have documents that are linked up to when there is a, the exact same information, exact paragraph, let's say, in both a, uh, a manual that applies to the pilots and to the flight attendants mm-hmm. because they're both crew on an aircraft, sure. that if one gets updated, that the other one will be updated, or at least there could be an immediate notification that mm-hmm. these two are now out of sync. Right. We're always striving to get our products to, to where they can speak to each other.
0: I'm curious with that if, you know, going back to the FAA stuff, if that would be helpful because you would essentially be getting a piece of content approved once by the FAA that then could be reused several times is that the case?
1: Our approvals are always per document. I so, see. you know, even though they have they have said okay, we approve that information. Mm-hmm in the flight attendant manual, and it does affect the exact same thing in the in the flight ops manual, we'll need to approve that one
0: too. For Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, Officially. for good measure. Yeah. yeah. Well, great. Well, thanks so much, Kristen. I really appreciate you joining us today, talking about what you do and giving us insight on your work. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks so much, and um, good luck in your career, and uh, we'll keep in touch.
1: Thank you.